Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. It's the witching hour, and we witches three have once again, and for perhaps a final time, found ourselves gathered together in the deepest, darkest corner of the woods. And today, oh, I figured it out. <laughs> I went shopping, and I've gathered the, the appropriate resources uh, to get here, start a fire, and then make a spell in what I like to call a pie plate. <laughs> you know what? That's totally fine. That's not a problem I, for me at all. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, let's just we'll make a we'll make a witch's pie, which is like an apple pie, but it's right. made out of spells. So that sounds good to me. I'm good. I can't fight anymore. I can't do this. We need to wrap I think this the up. Real, I, I think the real lesson here is that cooperation is king. I'll eat your face. Uh, hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And you're listening to the Chilling Podcast of Sabrina. And this is the final episode of part one oh, of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Chapter 10, The Witching Hour. We're going to recap everything up to this point, which I know Pete loves to hear. And then we're going to break oh, down the yeah. episode and... Maybe we'll do a little bit of a teasing thing for part two of the show. Uh, a teasing just, thing. A, teasing a little thing? bit of a teasing thing. That's what they call them, okay. right? Teasing things? Is that like a chat and chew? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Is that like, like a, a chat and chew? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, it's kind of like that. A uh, sit and okay. squawk. You're talking about a sit and <laughs> squawk. <laughs> We're going to call it teasing of the witch. Huh? Oh, Ooh, hey, I like that. Hey. Huh? Pretty good, right? Uh, I've been thinking about that all week. I'm very excited. Uh, we That's are, why we waited again, so you could think what? of that? That's uh, why we waited so you could think of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we held off on doing the episode 10 podcast so that I could come up with, uh, like, I don't know, I want to say B, B-plus tops jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a pun. Uh, it's not yeah. even use the yeah, J it's word. Just, it's, it's more of a statement than anything. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but just uh, just before we get into it, just to mention we are talking over the phone again. Uh, we were jamming through it for a while, ran into a little bit of a crux there, but uh, we are getting back into it. So yeah. that let, let's talk about this recap. Up until this point, Sabrina Spellman, who is a half witch, has been dealing with a big problem. Big problem is should she uh, embrace the witchy side of her nature? Should she embrace the human side of her nature? In the background, various forces have been conspiring to push her in one way or the other. The big one being Madam Satan, a.k.a. Miss Wardwell, uh, who, spoiler, we kind of knew this, but we find it out pretty definitely is the Bride of Satan by the end of the episode. 
Uh, she has mm. been manipulating Sabrina and slowly eroding her morals and trying to take away the things in her life so that she'd fully embrace her witch nature and sign the book of the Dark Lord, which she moved away from, decided not to do in the second episode of the series. Meanwhile, yep. she's been attending a Super school. Super clear cult. about that. She was really against it. Yeah, right, Pete, I can already tell how this podcast is going to go. Uh, yep. She goes to the Academy of the Unseen Arts, which is a witch academy uh, the, that is overseen by Father Blackwood, who is going to have twins with his wife. Uh, his wife has been having a little bit of a hard pregnancy, which has been overseen by the midwife at Zelda, uh, who is Sabrina's aunt. And Zelda also has a little bit of a thing going on with Father Blackwood. The yeah. other aunt that Sabrina has is Aunt <laughs> Hilda. And Hilda has been working at a bookstore called Cerebus Books, uh, which is owned by Gata from Battlestar Galactica. Uh, In character. What, yeah, that's the name of the character. That's the full name. Gata, they keep referring to him as that in the show. It's very yeah. off-putting. Uh, also, Sabrina, I mean, it does cross over continuity-wise because aren't the uh, the Cylons part were part of Earth uh, in the end? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's everything is a cycle, Justin. Everything repeats itself. It goes over and over and over again. Oh god! And eventually, oh, god. Yeah. you do like a really hardcore needle drop right at the end that destroys the entire series. That's what happens. <laughs> wow! Slam. <laughs> Yeah, I'm hardcore Battlestar Galactica slab there. <laughs> oh, no, that was about a Battlestar Galactica. It was not about Shelley's Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, Sabrina thought, had a boyfriend named Harvey. Uh, oh, Harvey, that is fucked they had up. A little, little bit of they had a little Come bit of mix up, you guys. Hey, this is a very you're, typical relationship already, drama. Okay, you're already past tensing them. Yeah, uh, it's well, over, man. On, Harvey, Pete. hold on, Pete. Pete. Harvey, Harvey, more like hardly. Oh, hey, F you, Justin. (laughs) Here's what I'd say. First episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Harvey was all, there's no flying in my life without you, Sabrina Sullivan. And as of last episode, he crashed at Bird. Yeah, Yeah, dude, I saw your meme. I got (laughs) it. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. Should I have added you, Pete? No, no, Uh, no, it's fine. (laughs) uh, I can hear you crying over the phone, Pete. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so Harvey had to shoot his zombie brother to death because Sabrina brought him back to life. So they broke up. Super awkward. Happens all the time. Happened to me a bunch of times Uh in high school. Uh, Meanwhile, Sabrina has two other friends that are dealing with their own things. Sorry to hear about that. Uh, It's all right. I'm well past it. Eventually, you know, you find somebody who doesn't have a zombie brother, and that's when you get married. Uh, (laughs) Sabrina has two friends. One is named Roz, who is slowly losing her eyesight, uh, but gaining a second sight. She is able to see visions called the cunning. This is something that's been passed down through her family from her grandmother and beyond. Uh, They assume that they were cursed by witches, though we're still not exactly sure what's going on there. Uh, And then there's also Sabrina's other friend, Susie, who has been seeing the ghost of her aunt, Dorothea, who helped the Greendale witches back in the day. What else can we tell you? Uh, there's a bunch of mean girls who are maybe not mean girls anymore. Prudence, Agatha, and Dorcas. And there's also yeah. Ambrose. Uh, pretty, pretty sure they're still mean girls. They tried to kill Harvey and succeeded in killing Tommy. Gonna go out and say that, yeah, they're mean. I don't know. Again, <laughs> it's witch society. It works differently. Yeah, You're right. Oh, you're right. Uh, and uh, Ambrose, who has been confined to the Spellman House for 75 years for trying to blow up the Vatican, uh, is now allowed to go to the Academy on Scene Arcs. He's striped up a relationship with a dude named Luke, 
mostly due to a love spell, which I think we got to talk about later in the episode a little bit. And yep. last, but certainly not least, is the hero of Chilling Adventures. It's the Chilling oh. Adventures of Nick Scratch. He's a bad boy <laughs> with a heart oh, uh, who's good. got Sabrina's heart. Some interesting things going for him going forward. Let's get into it. Justin, walk oh, us through man. this episode. All right. So um, it's the night of the storm, the great storm. There are bad omens, a dead bird. We get a little a fun montage of Harvey spilling ink, which is the worst omen because he's about to become Rob Liefeld. Uh, that's a really interesting note because you know we don't i I don't know if you guys know this we don't see harvey's feet the entire episode (laughs) and i'll tell you what there's he's gonna there's a major pouch infection coming it's gonna cover it's gonna cover his belt area up his chest and down his pants i'm Uh, i hope we get more belt uh, like big pouchy belts in the show because I feel like it's lacking. If uh, if season one of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina was New Mutants, season two is 100% could be X-Force. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. You guys all know what we're talking about, right? Uh, <laughs> a, a, cracked, a cracked mirror, a loaf of bread split down the the middle, oh, a blind woman knitting her own death. Well, death wait, crowd. I want to talk about the loaf of bread for a second. <laughs> I know it's a very yeah. quick thing, but... There's two things that I really liked about that shot in particular. So the oven opens up. It's from inside the oven. You see the cracked loaf of bread. And Hilda comes in. She's so happy. And immediately when she sees the cracked loaf of bread, she has a very funny reaction of going, oh, yeah. But the thing that I liked about that is there's this very consistent character path for Hilda throughout the series where that's what she's done. She just very casually looks at signs. She picks things up. She's incredibly perceptive. Um, and right. she yeah. floats along in the background for the series most of the time, only occasionally stepping up. But really, she's the one that notices things almost more than anybody else. While everybody is engaged in their own drama, she's the one that's looking out for everybody. And again, I know it's just a very small moment with a loaf of bread, but I think it's a prime example of that. Also, Definitely. She, it's, I mean, it's, I, I think the cliche is she's got her eyes on the bread. Yes, everybody <laughs> says that. Also, yeah. it's foreshadowing because that's how we're like, that's us. We're looking at the show and when we make a disgusting face at the end because it's like, oh, that's where they're going. Oh, that's going to happen. Oh, wow. come on. I don't know if that's exactly what the metaphor there is. Uh, Are you saying we're sure the bread? Foreshadowing. Are you the bread, Pete? No, the, no, the show's the bread. And it splits. It takes well, a I turn. would say, Pete, and I understand we're jumping ahead to talk about the end here. I'm getting a very clear sense of what you thought of the end of this episode. Uh, but right. if we want to go down that ridiculous metaphor that definitely isn't accurate, uh, the <laughs> bread is split in half. This, this, is a, this is only the first half of the season. The, this is not season one that we're looking at here. This is part right. one. So where we end in episode 10 is just the first half of the story that's going to be continued in part two somewhere down no, the I, road. I, yeah, I get it. It's, it's like the Avengers, you know, they're going to kick you in the nuts at the end of it, and then you have to wait for the second part, you know. So I get it. <laughs> yeah, Just real quick, uh, what what showing of Avengers did you go to that they kicked you in the nuts at the end? Well, it was the, at the, you know, part one of the part two Avengers uh, movie. They kick you in the nuts because oh, okay. half of everybody dies, turns into ash. Oh, you were talking you were talking metaphorically, not literally. Somebody was like, hey, thanks yeah. so much for coming to Avengers 3 and kicking you in the nuts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. like 
It's like 4D. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's 4D the action. Fourth for dimension. Yeah. Anyway, I think that was a good uh, detour we took down that route. Um, <laughs> so those are all the uh, the bad omens that are coming away. Roz and uh, Nana are hanging out, and uh, the line the, right at the top: a blind this... woman knitting her own death shroud, which is not great news for Nana. Well, why don't we jump ahead to the bathroom scene since that's vitally important and I thought a really good big scene. So Roz and Susie go into the bathroom girl's bathroom and confront Sabrina and straight up are like, are you a witch? Which, yeah, that was awesome. They like came they, right out and said it. Well, yeah, the that whole scene, the way that it was shot, the shot of Sabrina immediately after that, where her shocked realization that they just came out and said yeah. it, the way that she turns around and immediately starts to lie and then blubbers and starts crying and explains everything that's going on, ending in the hug there. I thought that was great because there's a lot yeah. of different ways the show could have gone. And it certainly seemed to indicate that it was setting up this Sabrina lied. So everybody's going to split and it's going to be all her friends versus Sabrina. But yeah. that they they kept it, honestly, I think, more realistic that Sabrina told the truth and they love Sabrina and they hug her at the end of that scene. I thought yeah. that whole thing was wonderful. Yeah. Well, especially also, I think I'll uh, go ahead, Pete. But when she says, like, I wanted to tell you guys so many times, like, that was a great, honest moment for all of them. I think that was really one of the things that made that uh, connection so powerful. And it also, like, uh, it raises the stakes for Mrs. Wardwell, for Madam Satan, who is, like, her whole thing has been, like, I'll make these teenagers dislike each other yeah. um, <laughs> as her thing. And uh, it's not working. So she has to uh, go out there and get crazy by bringing back the 13 witches that were oh, killed man. in Greendale. She now, first suckers a football player and then like, you know, this may just be repetitive plotting, but I don't think so. I think there might be something more thematic with Archie comics and the way that they're treated here. You saying that Madam Satan's plan, which I think is accurate is I'm going to break up this group of teenagers is very similar to Hiram Lodge's plan over in Riverdale. Um, yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is so resonant and such an important thing on both shows? Well, I think narratively, both characters are messy bitches who love drama. <laughs> what? Explains, what just explains happened? The whole thing. <laughs> what? Who are you calling I mean, a messy bitch? They all, they're all messy bitches, dude. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Well, it, it, uh, it I is. Mean, I mean, you mentioned this a couple of episodes that. back, uh, Justin, but that you feel like Sabrina is the Archie of the show, not just because she's the center of the show, but in the way that she barrels forward through things without necessarily thinking about the consequences of them. So the fact and I think she main, proved it in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. And that the villains treat them in a very similar way. Um, I, I just think it's interesting to mention. That's all. Well, and I think in both series, you have these powerful characters, Archie and Sabrina, that are com so vulnerable to their emotions and their uh, their impulses. So that's why, I mean, to take it the side of the villains seriously, they're like, oh, all I need to do is exploit this like crazy hormonal teenager that makes insane choices all the time. No problem. Uh, so it's sort of the easiest path for them is to be like, this is mm -hmm. a powerful figure in the town or in witch society or Satan likes uh, this person, Archie, obviously, I'm talking about. And it's easy to turn them and make them uh, do what they need to. Wait, sorry. Did you say Satan likes Archie? 
Satan loves Archie. Oh, wow. Do you think it's Satan the red loves hair? The redhead. The red yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're man. like, ooh, their the head's already on fire. So, Madam Satan, though, uh, as soon as she realizes that she has not broken up Sabrina and her friends, uh, picks out a student, makes out with him at a tree, and then slits his throat in order to summon a bunch Just of witches. Just slits his throat onto a tree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, what did you think about this? There's a lot going on in the scene, and certainly a lot, I, I think, to talk about in terms of her plan and the general thrust of the episode, that you have the Greendale 13 that we've talked about the entire series. We've heard about the entire series, so it's not a huge shock that they show up as the antagonists at the end here. But something we've talked about on a lot on the podcast is which versus which violence. And this is Madam Satan summoning 13 witches ostensibly. I mean, a real Uber plan is to move Sabrina farther down the path, but essentially these witches are attacking other witches. Um, what yeah. do you, what do you think about that? Uh, uh, it's I, weird. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they would go after the villagers as soon as they were released, but it was like, they took a night off, did a bunch of spells, hung out a little bit and then like attacked the next night. Was, uh, I was a little confused. I thought like everybody in the town was going to be, you know, like running for their lives and shit. Me not quite understand how the hierarchy works with Madam Satan. If she is, uh, as we le- I guess we learn this later, but uh, she's Satan's bride. But Satan likes the Church of Night because they worship him. Then why is Satan's bride like getting other witches killed? Like where does the? I think or she's she just, just a kinda- agitator. Yeah, she's just a wild card that can do whatever she wants. So she's just, you know, you know, lighting things on fire and watching it burn. You know, she doesn't. I guess you're right. She doesn't report right. to anybody. She's a messy bitch who loves drama. Oh, <laughs> you're ridiculous. You're. I guess you ridiculous. said that. You said that. You said I did not. No, no, you're saying that. No, you said it. No, you are. <laughs> um, I mean, I do think what, and this is very much jumping ahead to the end of the episode, because all of it is this narration. She is explaining what happened over the course of these two nights to Balky Bartokomus. Uh, and oh, what, oh. what she sort of reveals at the end, at least the way that I took it, is she's not exactly Satan's queen. In the, she is his bride, but yeah, in the same way that... The name, but. Well, that she is, <laughs> yeah, she yeah. is Saints, the, yeah. the way that Zelda is to Father Blackwood, she is to Satan. So she wants to sit by his side. She wants to be his official queen. But right now she's essentially his mistress, his lackey doing his bidding. She's not even with him. And she sees if she's able to move Sabrina into that position of being the lackey, of doing whatever Satan's bidding is here on Earth she'll be able to reign in hell instead. That's what I took. I, yeah, but also in, we're we're glazing over a huge reveal here. She was talking to Belky the whole time. The whole time yeah. she was talking to Belky. And then uh, in a lot of in a lot of ways I, I think we're all talking to Belky. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. finally like we agree on something, Maureen. Madam Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been Madam Goldberg the whole time. Yeah. Well, Pete, you, you started off the podcast uh, telling a story about how you yelled at Bronson Pinchot in real life. Did that make you relate more to Madam Satan by the end of the episode? <laughs> oh, that's messed up, man. Uh, you know, I, I made some bad decisions in life, okay? I, you know, I don't know why we got to keep bringing them up. I feel horrible about it. That's your biggest regret? Yeah. What a life. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing to yell at at your hero. They say never meet your heroes, and I guess they're right, Pete, because you just yeah. yell at them. Yeah, yeah. I do. I've, well, done it, I've done it twice, <laughs> and it's gotten me in trouble both times. Who's the other person? Doogie Hauser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Pete. Wow, what a 90s. Uh, <laughs> what did you yell at Neil Patrick Harris? It was, uh, we went to rent, and it was in college, and I was really drunk, and I was screaming Doogie Hauser in the back until I got thrown out. Oh, wow, that is annoying. Yeah. Yeah, it was really stage. annoying. Like yeah, when he was in was Rent? I, well, the thing was, we were like, hey, we're going to go see Rent. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm not really a musical guy, but whatever. And uh, I l- love Doogie Howser, and I didn't know I was going to go see Doogie Howser in a play. And I was drunk and happy to see him, so I was yelling Doogie Howser. But <laughs> it was not the place to do that or the time. So, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. You were you were removed after five thousand five hundred twenty one minutes, <laughs> or however it goes. He doesn't get that reference because he was thrown out before that number. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. It's at the very beginning, I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, we should do a separate wow, podcast, great. which is just Pete apologizing to celebrities that he yelled at. Yeah, yeah. You really have uh, this is like entourage, but we just yell at the celebrities rather than. <laughs> Hang out with I them. think so. Basically, it's entourage. Yeah. <laughs> Great point. Pete, obviously, Pete's the Vinny. Uh, oh, man. Uh, Ooh, can Alex I be the turtle? Makes, wow. No one's ever said, Can I be turtle? <laughs> no, sure. I want to be turtle. <laughs> oh, wait. You're saying we're a bunch of turtles? <laughs> yeah, we're better than that. Three turtles on a podcast. I don't know what to tell you. Let's jump back to the plot of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So after the witches are summoned, as we mentioned, they wander around Greendale and check everything out. They have two nights to be back on Earth, two witching, uh, two hours over the course of the witching hour. And the first one, they use it to check out. And the second one is their actual attack. Uh, but we get this super creepy sequence, which I thought was really fun of them just floating around town and looking yeah. at everything. Um, and I thought it was neat. Uh, just overall, this whole episode felt appropriately climactic to me, the way that it was paced yeah, and that it was directed. Um, it yeah, amped things up for the rest of the season. Yeah, I thought it was a really well-made episode. And uh, so many creepy images, to your point. Um, the, the climactic image at the end I thought was really just wild. Uh, I do want to jump back and talk about um, uh, they go to the – uh, School of the Unseen Arts, and uh, Sabrina tells, or it's it's known that her and Harvey broke up, and then we got Nick. Yeah, scratch. they say that Bad every boiler. time they can. Yeah, and he's dropping true love bombs right at uh, Sabrina. He's really going uh, above and beyond here. It's it's very impressive to see uh, Nick be like this. Yeah. Hey, look, he look Nickel- man, you take Nickelodeon. You got <laughs> wow, <laughs> nice. Don't tell him who's in that. Uh, when your name is Nickelodeon Scratchington, like Nick scratches it, you got to go hard. And he does. The witches are wandering around, which is this awesome, awesome sequence. Uh, and pretty soon people start to realize that things are about to go very, very bad. Uh, I think 
is it Father Blackwood or Ambrose who's the first to realize that things are awful? I think it's Ambrose and Luke in the wood, right? Oh, yeah. And then, well, yeah, they're there. Well, Father Blackwood's book starts burning. And that's like yeah. more of a direct, uh-oh, the omen moment. Um, and then uh, the witches are circling outside of Susie's place. And Dorothea is like, hey, it's cool. I buried all the witches, so they owe me a favor. Uh, so don't yeah. stress. I thought it was super clear at that point that Madam Satan was Dorothea, the way she was working the same agenda. Well, I, I felt I, watching this episode, it made me feel like that Dorothea is just a straight up ghost. Really? Mm-hmm. What did you think, Alex? Yeah, I agree with you uh, about that, that I know we had this whole theory that she's secretly Madam Satan, which I think would have made sense, except she's just, uh, you know, she, she's just a lady. She's just a lady ghost. That's pretty much it. Uh, and I feel like yeah. there needs to be a little bit of an explanation of where she came from and how Susie was able to summon her and exactly what's going on with ghosts in the series when we come back for part two. Right now, yeah. when it comes to Roz's stuff with the cunning, I feel like we have a better understanding and explanation of that, even though there's still some plot points that need to be filled in. Then yeah. Susie, who's just like, yeah, it's cool. I got my ghost friend. That'll protect us. We're all good. Yeah. It's it's kind of ridiculous how the whole season you guys have been like, oh, yeah, it's Madam saying I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Then I finally believe it. And you guys are like, no, nah, definitely a ghost. <laughs> yeah. We're just Sorry, very man. contrary. We're contrary. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Whatever you do, uh, but, uh, the opposite. One other thing that I want to talk about that's a little bit of a, I think, a thematic thing going on in the show is Ambrose goes out into the woods. He discovers the uh, Red Angel of Death horseman action figure that's in the fire that the Greendale 13 <laughs> yeah. had used to summon uh, the straight out of the basket of the Red Death horseman. Um, yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> uh, and then he gets choked by some witches. There's a lot of choking in this series. Like people yeah. like, legit choking each other. That's it. That's my whole observation. <laughs> oh, nice. What do you think that's, is that a reference to Darth Vader? Uh, he did a lot of choking mm. or is it just a warning? Like, Hey, when you, when you're choking, like, uh, stop, like, stop it. Have some, <laughs> have someone do the yeah. Heimlich. Yeah. I think, yeah. Well, I think like the main lesson of the series is, yo, stop choking people. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's a, it's a message to chokers. Like, Hey, uh, hey, chokers is a serious, ch- choking someone is a serious thing. Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't choke. It's you. no joke. It's no joke when you go out and choke. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. What I my the favorite PSA part machine. of the series, and again, I know this is jumping ahead, but for those of you who just jumped on to watching Altered Carbon or whatever next, uh, if you stay on the credits, there's an <laughs> after credits uh, sequence where the cast comes out and it's like, hey guys, I know we're the cast of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. We want to be real for you a second about something called choking. And then they did that choke is no joke rap, which was yeah. really bad. It was just very bad. Oh, you thought it was bad? I really, oh, it's funny. I wrote that. I feel weird now. Uh, that you oh, would call that out. I'm so, so sorry. I forgot about that. And I we've actually we went from the Ghost Hunter show directly into writing a uh, PSA about choking. Yeah. Hey, man, the life of a freelance writer is, is strange. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, uh, and it's, Justin, uh, for the record, uh, I thought it was an amazing rap. and I downloaded uh, it on iTunes. It's my new ringtone. Oh, wow. Uh, that's great. 
Uh, that's going to interrupt so many great musicals someday. Uh, <laughs> and I should say, um, Altered Carbon um, is our sponsor for this week. So please do not take down the television show Altered Carbon anymore, Alex. I mean, they had a white guy playing an Asian dude, and it was pretty fucked up. That's all I'm saying. Oh, wow. You okay. just took that. That was what the ad copy was that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon. It's uh, weirdly <laughs> fucked up and racist in a weird way. Yeah. Enjoy Netflix. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's how you know it's real. Um, one thing I thought was super scary was that witch with the giant eyes that grabs mm-hmm. Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Maybe the scariest thing um, of the episode to me. Yeah, was that – I I couldn't figure out whether that was a special effect or if that lady just actually looks like that. I know. That's what scared me the most was thinking about her just bumping into her at the grocery store. Oh, man. <laughs> Being like, hey – Quit. That's what that scared avocado? you the most. <laughs> yes. I don't want to. She's not going to get. I went to the grocery store the other day and that lady was there and she just straight up choked me out. Is like, where's the cream <laughs> of wheat? I'm looking for cream <laughs> yeah. of wheat. Very upset. That is a very witchy. You're lucky to be alive. <laughs> yeah, I really am. Close, another close call for Alex. Yes. Another, like, another cream of wheat related incident for us. <laughs> we all have our things. Uh, so the Green Down 13 go around. Uh, they've summoned the Rind Angel of Death. Uh, Father Blackwood brings all the witches together uh, and gives a big speech about how they're going to be safe. They're going to get away. Um, rouses everybody, except for the Spellmans who are like, um, what about the humans, you guys? Yeah. And yeah. this led, I know we talk about Aunt Zelda every single episode, but this mm-hmm. led to, I think, my favorite Aunt Zelda moment of the entire season so far. Uh, wow. Where, wow. where Sabrina stands up and is like, we can't just abandon the humans there. And Zelda, says we can't which is so shocking again to think about the zelda that we met in the first episode to her saying we are spellmans we follow what your father did we do the right thing we are going to make sure everybody in this town is safe it's not fair uh and i thought that to me that was the really rousing speech of the episode that moment was awesome Uh, yeah i agree i mean zelda is is great she's uh Maybe the most interesting character on the on the show, I think. Uh, that or Hilda or Ambrose or your bad or, boy alert. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All of them. <laughs> I mean, that's what I mean. Like, that's what's great about the show. It's, it's got a lot of interesting, fun characters. Yeah. Stop uh, pitting them against each other, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> I know. How dare I? Uh, so yeah, they, uh, uh, moving forward they're the witches are trying to take the firstborn of all the mortals and witches. And we learned that the 13 were sacrificed by the other witches so they could, uh, maintain their yeah, cover. That was a um, big reveal. And that's why they hate them. Yeah. Um, which I thought was cool and sort of fair for the, yeah. the 13 to be like, Hey, you let us die. That's, yeah. that's fucked up. Yeah. I'd be upset about that. Yeah. Well, when uh, when I conjure you to exact revenge for something, uh, please remember that, Pete. Uh, I'm I'm never gonna be your puppet. All right, so fuck you. Wow. Uh, um. Sabrina is, is once again deeply matter of fact about uh, death in general. Uh, just very casually talking about it, and the Spellmans agree to go protect the town, and they make an yeah. awesome tornado. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. 
Yeah, that, that was, was a very level. cool sequence. It was the first of the Spellman spell sequences that happened in the episode. Uh, it was a neat solution to force everybody into the storm shelter under the school. Uh, but of yep. course, everybody heads to the storm shelter except for the key characters yeah. Uh, yeah. on yeah. the show. Yeah. Because, you know, of course that's what's going to happen. Um, but again, that was I, fun. It felt big. It felt, I know we've referenced Buffy a lot on this podcast, but to me, it felt very season finale of Buffy where any geez, season finale Buffy got. was, hold on, where Buffy is always like yeah, trying to figure out a way to save the town, but without anybody finding out she's a vampire slayer. So the same sort of thing was going on with Sabrina and I enjoyed that. Yeah. Did uh, wow. let me ask you? Did uh, at the end of the first part of the season of Buffy, did she sell out or not? Uh, yeah, oh, she becomes wow. a vampire at the end of the first season. <laughs> okay, controversially, cool. yeah, uh, we'll get there in a minute, Pete. Um, and real uh, character check in: Balky is just pushing it with Wardwell, which is not a great choice. Yeah, uh, Harvey is no man. Roz and Nana and Susie won't leave, and Susie's like, "I got this. I know a ghost." And Harvey and his dad won't. <laughs> Harvey and his dad won't leave their house. So na 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 Nick Scratch shows up uh, to wait, have wait, a wait. Bad boy Before, and good boy. Bad boy I was and good just, boy session. The Sabrina should have been like, "Hey, listen, Harvey, this is a bad idea because of all these ghosts that are coming to this town, and also this. You know what I mean? Like, you but she literally told does that. You're a witch. She does she that. She tries to, but she gives up too quick. She's got to really spell it out for him." Well, so here's that's her, that's her ex, man. That's her ex. She doesn't care. Oh. Yeah, she's moved on. Oh, well, they have. So oh. we should mention the scene. She goes uh, to talk to him in the library, find out how he is doing. Um, this yeah. is actually, I think, a little earlier in the episode. We get yeah. our next, our second Riverdale name drop of the series. Uh, he mentions that they didn't take the brother to the Spellman Mortuary, of course, because they're broken up forever. Uh, instead. He took him to a mortuary in Riverdale. Now, yeah. this is a this is a weird thing that I realized. There's not actually a mortuary in Riverdale like that we've seen on Riverdale. There's Doctor yeah. Crudel yeah, and his son, Doctor Crudel Jr., Jr. But they're <laughs> yeah. they're in like the uh, police mortuary versus like an actual mortuary. All the funerals that we've seen on Riverdale have either been in the cemetery or in. <laughs> In Thornhill, just in a you know in a house, because that's yeah. a normal thing that yeah. happens. Um, yeah, but so it's not like the, it's not like they're going to take the time and show you every store and everything in Riverdale on the show. <laughs> so like you can okay, fine. Of all the crazy things in Riverdale, of course, sure they're yeah. Why wouldn't they have them? No, guys, I have a theory. I like I don't know where people in Riverdale are getting their clothes dry. <laughs> I haven't seen the dry cleaners yet. You're right. <laughs> what Do you think they take him Maybe to Greendale? Maybe that could be, though I don't yeah. even remember if we've seen them in Greendale. Oh, <laughs> That's what we need. We already had that Riverdale flashback episode. We need a store check-in episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, just a walkthrough. So yeah. speaking of walking through, uh, Hilda does an amazing entrance while they're in the library. Uh, which was pretty badass. <laughs> that was the best segue I've ever heard you do on any podcast we've ever done, Pete. I just wanted to. I mean, honestly, out. I thought the same thing, and I didn't want to call it out because it was so good. But it is. <laughs> yeah. so, that was so good. Yeah, and fast. It, it's going to sound like we edited it, and we didn't. Pete just. <laughs> yeah, he just said it. We didn't prompt him or anything. 
So, yeah, you're right, though. Hilda just walks in, uh, tells her that there's a huge problem, and immediately uh, apparates out. Uh, there's. Yeah. Can we talk about teleporting in this episode? Because that's just like a new thing that they kind of yeah, they just throw yeah. well, in no, there. I, I, I think Hilda was astral projecting, because even Harvey's oh, right. like, yeah. she's yeah. astral projecting. Like, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, but, but there is a lot of teleporting where it's like, wait, what? They should have done that <laughs> a lot more. They should yeah. just look right at the camera and go, magic. Uh, but back to what you were saying earlier pete about harvey not leaving the house it's a dumb decision that he's doing but he is so angry at sabrina not just for lying about her nature for so long but also leading to the death of his brother but also just uh, the fact that he she wiped his memory you know all of these terrible things happened that she did so he's making the wrong decision, but to me, it makes sense. It's obstinate in exactly the right. way that he would be obstinate about it, you know? Yeah, you're right. It, it, yeah, because sometimes they they don't do a good job with that. They did a really good job. He's totally justified. But she also, I mean, he doesn't know everything. Like, she put a spell on him, protect her, him in the mind, you know? Like, oh, anyways, let's move on. It's, I don't want to get emotional about this. Well, I do want to ask you, uh, when Nick Scratch shows up, uh, certainly that's setting up like a little battle of the wills for Sabrina, but do you kind of ship them a little bit? Do you ship uh, Kinky Scratchy? <laughs> um, I think they are destined to have uh, some real friendships. Those mm-hmm. two. I think so. I, think I mean, to, uh, to be totally serious about it, and I know I'm mentioning uh, Buffy way too much, I definitely get like yes, a you Angel... Are. Angel Spike vibe from both of them where they don't like each other, but they do hang out together. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of that in part two. Well, I mean, when you have a bad boy and a good boy with the thing they have in common, they're both boys. They're both <laughs> well, boys. I'll tell you what, as this, as the, the season has gone on, it's been proven that Nick is less of a bad boy and more of a good boy. How dare mm. you? How? Yeah dare you that's right because he's doing everything sabrina wants and like it's that's not bad no, boy styles no no he's doing the he right is, thing no. he is being he, supportive no, he, is, he is a bad boy no he Don't is you not dare. no he, he is, is not nope. he's he just used so, to be a bad boy but now he, he's not a bad boy he he's is so bad boy. he's so bad that he's all the way on the other suck side it, madam goldberg suck it he's so bad that he's good he just touches the good side because he's so bad no that doesn't make any sense and you know that don't you take this away from me. <laughs> we should mention, uh, by the way, at this point, that if you'd like to buy an official Bad Boy Alert t-shirt, head to our Threadless <laughs> shot, comicbookclub.threadless.com, where you can get an exclusive design only for the chilling yeah. podcast of Sabrina. And now, Altered Carbon. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever said that except for Netflix. <laughs> Uh, oh man! So, um, uh, moving on to from Pete's out- outright lie back into the story. Oh, yeah, um, sure, sure. I'm the only uh, liar. Blackwood pulls. We talked about teleportation. Blackwood pulls Zelda to the academy because his wife is going into labor. And while at the yeah. same time, Luke pulls Ambrose to the coven because he loves him, which is nice. So, I want to talk about this because yeah. several episodes back, and we discussed this quite a bit. Uh, Luke ghosted Ambrose and then and Hilda snuck a love potion into Luke's coffee. And then immediately after that, 
they've been together nonstop. Now, Ambrose doesn't yep. know about the love potion. Luke doesn't know about the yep. love potion. But this episode, we get an I love you from Luke, which Ambrose looks completely panicked about. Um, when do you, do you think this doesn't matter? Like, am I focusing on this love potion too much? Because I think that ha- I still feel like that has to come out at some point that Luke I'm sure isn't actually in love with Ambrose. Well, uh, I, think I think it'll be interesting. Like maybe I think that's a good, that'll be an episode in the next season um, yeah, where it's like, definitely. He, gotta he, get it. Gotta get it. Ambrose will tell Luke about the love potion and then he'll figure out like if he actually does love um, yeah. like uh, the spell. I, I imagine the spell will be removed and we'll, uh, they'll have to test their actual relationship. And I think that's an interesting story. Also, I'm calling right now. It's going to be removed when Ambrose finally says, I love you back. And then, uh, the spell's going to get broken, and then they're going to have to figure it out all from scratch all over again. All from, from Nick's scratch? Oh, <laughs> you guys were both way too ready for that. Way too ready. You want to talk about editing, that is going to seem like it's edited in there. Nick's scratch! Yeah. <laughs> hey. uh, I, I do love that whole sequence of the Spellmans in the middle of the school all casting the protection spell, disappearing one by one. Everybody uh, getting more panicked as it happened because there's just this lovely balance. And Hilda it down. Well, yeah. I, there's a lovely balance in that whole sequence where there's so much danger happening. So you feel the tension going on. But at the same time, with everybody disappearing, it's very funny at the same time. It's yeah. There's this reaction of, oh, come on. That person got taken too. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's great. Like the, the show can have both tones going on simultaneously i think is pretty awesome and i also think it really helped build the the drama and the the fear of it when uh madam satan comes and takes sabrina and they go off and it, then it's oh, just man. and it's still sort of fun and funny they're all leaving and then all of a sudden hilda's there and has to Do face down to? The, the rider alone i thought that was like oh shit it the it got real right in that moment in a really well done way i thought uh we don't have to talk about that part do we what which, do you mean? which part? What happens immediately where, after that? Yeah, where Madam Satan takes Sabrina. Oh, she, that doesn't yeah, seem I feel important. Like, yeah, I feel yeah. like as this podcast goes, we always leave out the biggest details. Yeah, <laughs> that's sort so. of our thing. That's what I'm hoping we do for this episode. Because I don't want yeah. to fucking relive that nightmare. To protect right, well, let's, Scary so Pete's tender so, emotion. Uh, Sabrina and uh, Madam Satan leave, and then we cut to the end of the episode. So what did you think Great. of... Uh, Great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Part one Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, no uh, problem. No, we have uh, to talk no, we, about it, Pete. We have to talk about it. Um, I know we do. I know. So she, uh, Madam Satan drags uh, Sabrina, <sighs> takes Sabrina to the Dark Lord's book, back to the Dark Baptism, where it all began. Um, the rider is just about to show up there. We get a little... Uh, the sign for Greendale says, let us cast a spell on you. Very cute. Yep. Uh, now, sort of fu- sort of fucked up that they are a known witch murdering town. They're like, hey, let's do it for our PR. <laughs> well, so, uh, to be fair, Salem does that too, right? Like they literally killed people and Salem's like, come to our fun witchy town. Wee! So yep. I, I get what you're saying, but that actually does seem very reasonable for tourists, I guess. Okay, well, how about fuck that town, too? <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're just going to yeah. say, you're going to say fuck that whole town? That's messed up, Justin. I'm, I'm never driving through Salem again. Wow. Oh, man. What about the cat? I'll go you around. Drive through the cat, Salem? Yeah. I'll always drive through the cat. You know what uh, I'm talking about. 
<laughs> All right, so Madam Satan is completely tricking Sabrina, completely lying to her to make her sign the goddamn book, and she actually does it, which is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, I don't think, I mean, she's definitely influencing her, really. She doesn't lie to her. Uh, she says this is the only way, and it might be it, at that point. You're taking the word of Madam Satan that this is the only way out of this. This thing that she created and made to force Sabrina to do this thing. I'm putting well, myself course. in Sabrina's shoes. She's like, I am trapped. She doesn't know that Madam Satan caused the problem, but she does know that She's sort of up against it, and she chooses to sign. Well, and also beyond beyond the situation, definitely amps things up. But there's a moment earlier in the episode where somebody asks Sabrina. I may be misremembering the sequence, but somebody asks Sabrina about witch versus human, her nature, and she kind of goes like, "Well," she sort of just gives a little note there. And given everything that's gone on and everything that Madame Satan has put her through, she she is, I think, looking at this as a way of protecting her friends and Harvey again, that ultimately she is hurting them by this double nature. And the best thing for them, I think, in her opinion, is if she just leaves, if she just becomes a witch. Not to keep referencing Archie, but it's very similar to the super dub decision Archie makes where he says, oh, I'm going to go down for this murder I didn't commit because it's hurting my friends too much. And all of the friends, of course, are like, what the fuck are you doing, you idiot? But that's the way that he sees it, of hopefully on his end causing the least damage. Here, I think it's the same thing for Sabrina, that it's not just about fighting the Red Angel of Death. It's also about making a decision that she thinks ultimately removes her from the negative impact she is having on her friends' lives. Yeah, but it's just it's so yeah, you yeah, yeah. You you're true, but it's just as the viewer, it's just we've, you know, she made such a hard stance early on like I don't want to do this is wrong. She sees her mom, her mom is like I baptize you as a Christian. Like that is a clue that she shouldn't sell out uh to do this. And it's just the fact that she kind of gives up and goes with the one thing she didn't want to do is just as somebody who's like, we have to do what's right. We have to do what's moral. It's a heartbreaking decision to watch her make. Absolutely. I mean, at the same time, though, and we talked about this in an earlier episode, I believe the third one, I think there's outs for her. And I think what we're going to see is this is, you know, the Empire Strikes Back moment at the end of this first part going into the second part. Yeah. But You're talking about like using, her- using Whiteout? You're talking about a long scroll that comes up on the screen uh, at the start of every episode? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, like, there's a lot of text. And as you see, there's okay. a lot of text in the book, and that was my whole point. Okay. And cool, you, cool. you think she can just like white out her name and be like, look, I didn't do that? Yeah, you think it's going to take place on a world where it's just all snow and people are going to be wearing a lot of white? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be taking it very literally, your reference to Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. yeah, well, mainly it's because uh, she went inside Salem. She drove through Salem and was like, whoa, you thought this smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, man. Yeah, oh. she cuts open Salem and sleeps inside yes. of them. I've now oh, completely man. lost track of what I was saying or what we were saying or anything like that. So let's jump back <laughs> yeah. into the episode. Uh, oh, wow. So Madame Satan gets her side of the book. She becomes uber powerful. She knows exactly what to do, which is summon the 13 back to the hanging tree and set them on fire. Um, oh, that's crazy. That's fucked up, man. That was so fucked up. 
Yeah. yeah I, I think so. It's like, here's hey, what I man, took away. We're going to tell this. We're going to tell this story about how the 13 were, oh, were horribly, uh, sacrificed. So what we're going to do is bring them back to the place where they were hanged, but this time set them on fire and just stand there and watch them burn. That's cool, right? Yeah. It's a fun show. Yeah, I think that the idea that I took away from it is we're supposed to get that like, yep, all the humanity has been sucked out of Sabrina. She is the sort of person that doesn't care about setting 13 ghost witches on fire and setting them back to hell. It's, it's yeah, great because I mean, the whole time we're like, oh, here's this amazing person who stands up for what's right. Oh, let's see what happens when she goes completely in the other direction. And it is crazy for the the protagonist of this show that you know we love. We're supposed to love her. She does yeah. like the the most horrifying thing of any character on the show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, debatably, I guess you could say. No, I mean after. People. Well, yeah, but I she guess. burned these. It's and we have to watch them burn. Like it is, we're not allowed to look away from uh, the main character doing something very cruel right in front of our eyes. But it's so, not her fault, though. That's what you guys are saying. It's not her fault. It's circumstantial. She made no, no, the no. choice. She made the choice, yeah. Even though she was influenced, it still it came down to her deciding to sign the book and and killing. I mean, it's the same way she killed Agatha, and it was like, whoa, that, that's fucked up. Even though she's like, I'm going to bring her back. It's like, you're still doing the act, yeah, and your plan is, throat. you don't actually know exactly what you're doing, so you are killing someone. Uh, a couple other things that are happening... Um, Mrs. Blackwood is having these babies and something's up uh, with the babies. Yeah. Um, Hilda um, and, and Gaeta are having a little uh, hang sesh uh, before Hilda is left to die, basically, and narrowly yeah. avoids being killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but also there was that thing where, uh, you know, Black Blackwood is told, uh, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here, about the babies uh, and it's only one. And then it's yeah. like, one ate the other one, and then he goes, oh, as it should be. I was like, what the? F-? Well, yeah, that normal. was in the uh, in the dream episode. They teased that a little bit. If you remember, there was the, the sequence with Balky where he talked about that. He said that I ate my own twin, and then he showed off the quato in his stomach. So <laughs> the, they were they were kind of setting that up in a weird way, uh, even though, yeah. of course, that's not actually what's happening. What actually happened is that a girl was born first before a boy. So Zelda, of course, kidnaps a baby and takes it back for her and Hilda to raise, uh, which is a big move on Zelda's part. Um, well, she I, had to I, save that baby, though. She had to save that baby. She couldn't just let that baby die. Well, Zelda's conflict, which we've talked about a bit, is that she's going between the Church of Night and what's right. And what she yeah. ultimately has done with that, where Spellman's speech at the beginning of this episode is make a decision. She had this affair with Father Blackwood. She loves Satan. She loves being a witch. But ultimately, there's a there's a line that she doesn't want to cross. And killing that baby, for example, is one of those lines. I think that is the ultimate example of her split with Father Blackwood and the Church of Night. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see going forward whether there's a battle for control of the church of night or alternately, if they split off and maybe even form their own church, if there's a matriarchal uh, witch church and a patriarchal warlock one. Oh, interesting. 
It also sets up a weird dynamic with Sabrina sort of uh, growing up a lot in this over the course of this first season. And now there's a new baby in the house that they're going to be raising. Puts her a little bit on the outs. Uh, Sabrina just got replaced with a new baby. That's how I felt when my little brother came. And he, and I'm so sorry you had to shoot him in the head so many times. <laughs> hey, whatever, man. He was great at football until I did. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what's going another, on. Zelda, uh, but another Salvin football star. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, uh, we're like the Mannings of, um, you know, Jews. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Salvin with the reference. <laughs> the Mannings of Jews. That's great. Yeah. Wow. And be careful because if you reference Eli Manning and how like bad at football he is, it'll hey. really bother Pete. Hey, Don't, that's not the time or the place. Okay. I guess I'll save it for Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about what happens with Hilda though, because there's a really interesting thing that's probably, I think, can have big repercussions for the second part here. So Hilda and Gaeta go back to the Spellman house. Uh, they have a little smoocheroo. Gaeta walks away oh, pretty happy. Yeah. And then there's a weird flash in his eyes and he continues to walk away. What do you think's going on there? He has like uh, snake eyes or like, some kind of crazy devil eyes or something. He's not who we think he is. Uh, yeah, I, this is interesting. I, yeah, I was thinking in the moment it could be love potion, um, sort of moving, trying to split up Zelda and Hilda, uh, someone moving against them. I also thought maybe he is, uh, we talked about a witch hunter. Um, mm. we haven't resolved the mystery of the, the kid, the, the rogue witch that is murdered. Um, maybe he's there and he's the witch hunter. I've been guessing it was Luke. We don't really have that reveal at all. So maybe it's Gata. Mm. Huh? Yeah. We'll have to see what happens. There's definitely something going on there. Uh, what else should but, we talk about? The church of night, uh, all praise around this tiny boy baby and says yeah. all hail the patriarchy. Uh, that seems yeah, like that's not pretty great. Yeah. That was, Amber, yeah super, super uncomfortable. Yeah. Definitely not like that. Uh, and then we get a scene with, um, what's her name? Sabrina. That's <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. The oh, chilling yeah, podcast of what's her name. <laughs> Wait, yeah. We, she gets one last kiss. So yeah. a couple of things about this scene that I thought were kind of neat. First of all, this is such a weird specific thing, but the way that, so she is, and I didn't realize we were doing this until the very last episode, but this is almost now set up as a Sabrina origin story because the way that she shows up in Harvey's room, she has all this power that she has from the comics. She has the white hair from the comics. Yeah. And even the way that she's sitting when she shows up in Harvey's room is sort of like a classic Sabrina from the comics pose, which I thought was so subtle, but very neat. What do you think about this transformation? It's um, I mean, bad because she's leaving all... I mean, there was that shot of her friends being like, she's still friends with us, right? And then it cuts to her in the school, and it's like, nope, she hates all of you and will never speak to you again. It's fucking cold as ice. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. But I do think, uh, at the end, we talked at the beginning of this, uh, of this season that Sabrina, the performance of Sabrina, uh, doesn't have that sparkle in the eye. Mm -hmm. Um, that, and I feel like maybe we didn't get a ton of time with her at the end. I think maybe she has it at the end to, mm -hmm. to your point. She has a little bit more of the mischief. Uh, she's more powerful. She's a little edgier 
maybe this is like you're saying a Sabrina origin story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely have to see. I agree that last shot in particular, and there's a couple of things we need to talk about before that, but that last shot when she's walking with Prudence and Agatha and Dorcas, Nick scratch awful. Cox's eyebrow Outbreak. at her. Um, yeah. but you see that, like you see to your point, like there's a little smirk that she has going on. She knows a little something more, Horrible. which I think is neat. I think, I think we had a little bit of a bad girl alert. Ooh, yep. bad girl, oh, man. Yeah. I'm going to have to make some uh, new shirts. Ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. She winked and I was like, boo, no, I don't like who you've become. I love it. Uh, let's uh, let's button up the other c- couple of things that happen. Uh, Madam Satan has been telling this whole story to someone. She reveals that she's the mother of demons, Satan's concubine. Um, and we find out that she is talking to Balky the whole time, as we said, and grooming yeah. Sabrina so that she can sit by Satan's side. And then, uh, like we've always wanted to do our entire lives, uh, since he debuted on TGIF, she eats Balky. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to do that. You're awful for saying that, Matt. Pete, she wants in to like murder the and eat. first episode of our podcast, you told the story about standing outside Bronchin Pinchot's yes, window. Yeah, how many times do we have to re- relive this? Hold on, but for those who didn't listen to it, you stood outside. You, you told the story. You already referenced it earlier in this same podcast. Yelling, Balky, I'm going to eat you. I'm going to come up to your apartment and eat you. You stood outside yelling that. You did that, P. Come on. No, I did not. No, I, I didn't say eat you. Uh, you're the you're the Madam Satan of this podcast. I'm Adam Goldberg, <laughs> as always, and you're Madam Satan. Nope. Yeah. By the way, for those of you wondering, I do have, in fact, photographic evidence of Pete doing this. He is standing with a cartoonishly large fork and knife in each hand and a napkin on his uh, on his front while he is yelling, "Balky, I'm going to eat you." It's totally true. Untr- totally untrue. true. It is why would I, why would I lie not, about this? Because you're evil. That's why. Hmm. Pete, I, I've seen you uh, going back and forth to Mepos trying to track him down. You're so <laughs> this hungry. Was aw- this was awful. This was the end. Uh, Belky only makes it to the first part of the season. I mean, come on. I will say he was sort of underutilized. Yes. Unless but he's he- going to come back. Well, uh, the only way that's going to happen is if she poops him out. I don't know why. It's oh, like that. Sorry. oh, my God. I'm so what sorry. Is going I'm on? so sorry. <laughs> what? Really what sorry, just everybody. happened? I'm really oh, sorry. My God. oh, God. I don't know why. Oh, uh. <laughs> oh my God. Oh Alex, my God. you're such a messy bitch who loves poop jokes. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wait, I want to talk uh, about so the that, bigger death that wait. happened right after that, though. Uh, yeah, the crow that, talked. Yeah, the bird talked, her familiar talk. That's something that we've wanted to see, all of us, from Salem yeah. all season long. We finally no got it from the bird, the bird died. Yeah, she murdered, the, she just murdered the crow. Anyways. I think that's a lesson that if Salem does talk, he did. I do hope um, this means, though, that we are going to see Salem talk in the second half of the season. I And this isn't just an Easter egg to the fact that familiar is cad talk, uh, because... I don't know if we are heading into like the classic interpretation of Sabrina at the end here. I think it would be fun if we did not tonally, but if we got closer to some of those things like Salem talking, I think that would be fun personally. I mean, it is sort of to uh, take 
to play that game a little bit. Like it, now that Sabrina is becoming sort of uh, more evil, you could say, if yeah. Sabrina, if uh, Salem sort of becomes her human side, her conscience, and is uh, saying like, hey, hey, cool it with the murder and stuff. Now, let me guys ask you, since Sabrina has just disowned humans, are we not going to see her friends anymore going forward in the second part? Like, is that yeah. it? Is it I think all you can, just... You can kiss like, Harvey goodbye because we're never going to see him again. <laughs> that's it. Bye-bye. Yep, that's it. I, I will say there was an article in the New York Times that came out. It was a profile of uh, Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa. Uh, where they went to the set of Sabrina. It's still shooting, I think, until about December 5th or so. (laughs) And it seems like there is going to be a lot more set at the Academy of Unseen Arcs. We're going to see a passion play that Sabrina is the star of, though it's going to be a passion play for Satan. Um, Love it. And other scenes like that. Uh, The other detail that I thought was really neat is they basically built the Academy of the Unseen Arts. I, I think there was something like, 55 rooms or something like that, that they built on that set so that you can just walk through and shoot it. So it sounds like we're going to be spending a lot more time there. That said, all joking aside, of course we're going to see her friends. And of course that's still going to be the push and pull. We're going to see her come back from this precipice and figure a way. She's going to figure a way out of this. I think there's already a couple of outs for her getting out of signing her name in the dark book. We'll just have to see what route they go. You think Harvey's going to transfer to the School of the Unseen Arts? And immediately get eaten? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Uh, I, I do want to, if there's nothing else plot-wise in the episode, we got a couple of things on Twitter that people wrote about the finale that I wanted to read off. Um, sure. First, this is from Enrico Del Castillo. Uh, he says, was Nick just a nice dude overall. I kept waiting for a twist about him, <laughs> like him being a demon, Satan, or something like that. But at the end, he's just a dude with a crush. What do you think? Is there actually something more going on with Nick Scratch? I think he's just, uh, yeah, he's just, he's just a, a solid partner. He's a good guy. He's not a bad boy. He is a good guy. He's just, I mean, he's Witch Harvey. It, he's proven to be Witch Harvey because he only helps. Sabrina, and that's it. He has no other interests. Like, yeah. what other thing does he do? Uh, I don't know, studying the library or something. But I, I agree yeah, with I you. Mean, he, he casually does orgies on the side. No, don't we all? <laughs> Life is just one long casual orgy. Put that on a, put that on a uh, Another, uh, we got a ton of ton of points slash questions uh, from at no halfway with me, also on Twitter. Um, okay, one, I didn't think that the I love you from Luke was earned at all, not only because of the potion, but because the show didn't spend any time developing the relationship. They got barely any screen time. Um, I think we talked about that a little bit. Yep. Um, right, but also, like, it was clear that they were spending a lot of time together that we just didn't see, you know? So I felt like I understand what he's saying, but also, like, you know, I think they were – you know, with the love spell and with the amount of time they were spending, I didn't think it was forced. I thought it was like, okay. Another couple of things. Uh, Zelda's arc was my favorite by far. So much growth. Couldn't agree yeah. more. Uh, totally saw the Harvey Sabrina break coming. And even though I like them together, I'm okay with this. I think it's necessary at this point, but I don't think it's no. the end of them. No. Wait, 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 Pete, you ran over the last part, but I don't think it's the end of them. That's what. No, I heard it. Okay. I don't know what point you're no. trying to make right now. Uh, break up, just, breakups are for life. Breakups are for life. It's over. 
Uh, four, clearly they're trying to show that we're getting a dark Sabrina next season, but that last scene was just cringy, that wink. I'm going yep. to disagree with it. I liked it. I, I thought it I, was a fun way to round out the season, personally. Nope. <laughs> I, I liked it, too. I liked Nick was basically with his eyebrow was saying, well, hello, and I'm down with that. Yeah, yeah uh, and the two last things, speaking of the hero of the show, five, Scratchman is rising, and I can't wait to watch that. Yes, it's yeah. all coming. Uh, and six, this is something we didn't really talk about. More Prudence next season, please. All the Prue, because I love her. Uh, she and Agatha and Dorcas were very much, I felt, pushed to the side this episode. Prudence showed up in the birth, but she didn't get as much to do as she did the last couple of episodes. I think that... Ah, too much going on. Yeah, and also, like, that's what's going to be nice about the second half, is you're going to get plenty of Prudence now that she's at the school. Before we wrap up, let's do the whole part, the whole first quote-unquote season of Sabrina, which witch... Reign supreme. Which which was the number one witch wow. over the first the these first oh, ten wow. episodes? I'm gonna have to go with Hilda. I'm gonna have to go with Hilda overall. Mm. Like she was the rock. Like you couldn't. Hilda held it down the whole time. And when you saw at the end when she was like, "I'm moving out," she's like, "I'm underappreciated. Fuck the way you treat me. I'm out." Uh, yeah, and, I'm in love. Yeah, uh, I'm going to space. <laughs> what? with Gata. Uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going with Hilda. She's, she's amazing. From a pure spell casting uh, point of view, I think Nick Scratch reigns supreme. Oh boy. He did the coolest stuff. Oh God. Hmm. Am I right? Uh, no, no, you're not right. No, you're not. No, no, no. Well, he's, um, he's my it, pick, it's so. a little bit of a tie for me, but uh, originally, I think like for the first half of the series, I'd say Ambrose, and I think Chance Perdomo who plays Ambrose is delightful throughout yeah. and oh, one of yeah, my favorite good. performances. But right. really, the more that we talk about it and the more that I think about it, I think Aunt Zelda is the one that I'm going to go with. She has the biggest, yeah. most powerful change over the course of the season. Miranda Otto gets some phenomenal dramatic things to do, and yeah. she just, particularly in this last episode stands up in such a big way and it's such a turn from where she was in the first episode it's it's so good and i can't wait to see where she goes next Agreed. yeah truly i think all all the witch characters are good yep yeah okay, even dorcas even dorcas no even uh, dorcas. Not, no not dork she was Whoa, the one who was behind the where's spell this coming from she was one of the people yeah. who tried to kill harvey and 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 it his brother, for Christ's sakes. Uh, I think we would be remiss if we didn't do uh, speak to the other side of Sabrina's life and talk about who human oh, reigns supreme. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, really? Would we be remiss? Uh, <laughs> we would be remiss. Well, yeah, why do you say that? Like that? Oh, boy. This is, this, is a, this is a fun thing to talk about. They're all so Alex, interesting. What the Sabrina fuck are you is talking about, Zalvin? Sabrina is... Caught between two worlds. Roz, and we've only been uh, focusing on one half. Roz it's is our fantastic. fault he witch. Yeah, Roz is amazing. Also, Balky is an honorable mention for sure. So you pick, <laughs> Pete, you're saying uh, Balky is the who human reign supreme? Yep. I'm, I, if we're, you're, we're really going to do this, I'm going to go for Harvey. I think I, yeah. I yeah. love Harvey. Yeah. I think, yeah. Hey, yeah, I like the earnest honorable good character i think he has a lot of chemistry with sabrina i really looked forward to their sweet scenes together uh when it's just the two of them i just he's a nice guy i hope they don't go for dark moody harvey in yeah. part two because that would bum me out me too emo harvey uh 
I think I think we're headed for something different with Harvey. He has nothing else going on except for Sabrina. Fuck you. And that's <laughs> been taken away. He doesn't. He doesn't even play football like his brother. His brother was going to go to Notre Dame on his college. Dude, he, he's an Harvey artist. He draws, all right? He's got a lot going on. Don't fucking sweep him under the carpet like that. No, I know. He has to launch Youngblood in the early 90s. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I what can't about wait. you, Justin? Which human is getting that human, human as we always like to say? <laughs> Who human? Um, honestly... That was more of a joke because what other humans are there? <laughs> what about Gata? Roz? Roz is fantastic. Roz, yeah, not going blind very quickly. Roz and Susie, uh, sort of the main humans besides Harvey, they only do one thing in the show, and it, they sort of get defined as the season went on by their like uh, their relationship to these supernatural things, Dorothea the ghost and the cunning. Uh, so I, I want more. I guess I'll say I want more from both. Well, Roz also with her vision saw a lot of things ahead of Sabrina. So, uh. Yeah, but that's not about Roz. That's about the vision. So we don't actually get to see what Roz is doing and thinking about this. They're just dealing with Sabrina's shit. I could see a world where going into the second part, now that they are aware of all the supernatural going on in Greendale, that they form like a supernatural revenge squad or something yeah, like that like using a, their various quote unquote powers. Um, but again, it, to your point, Justin, that feels very much in relation to Sabrina, where it's the sort of arc where they're doing that and they're like, Oh, we really miss Sabrina. And then Sabrina comes back and they're like, yeah, we're all back together. But yeah, I, I'm just, I'm very curious to see how they are going to continue to be worked in in the second part. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the first part of our Sabrina podcast, chilling podcast of Sabrina. If you'd like to support this and other podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, if you're a fan of the Archie comics, we do a weekly Riverdale podcast called Riverdale After Dark that you definitely should check out. That goes up after every episode of the show. Also, we do a live comic book talk show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m., at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Please come on by. It's totally free. We'll chat with you about Sabrina. We're always happy to talk about whatever. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for the podcast and more. And we'll see you at the Spookatorium. Oh, oh, Cauldron. <laughs>